0: So here's today's transformational truth. When comfort becomes king, change becomes an enemy to be avoided. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. So I'm super excited to introduce today's guest to you, Mr. Maury Davis. Maury's unique and personal journey with God has allowed him to experience the full life cycle of a pastor and the deep satisfaction of growing a ministry. His success is a testimony to his belief in and passion for empowering those around him to grow, take ownership, inspire others, and move forward. Today, That little 200-member church has grown to over 16,000 congregants that call Cornerstone Church home. Without any further ado, let's jump in to this rich interview. So here's today's transformational truth. When comfort becomes king, change becomes an enemy to be avoided. And today we're talking about a leader's calling to lead through change because change is inevitable. But leading people through change can be challenging. The first question in people's minds are, how is this change going to affect me? And the leader is often faced to navigate a lot of emotional pushback from those that he or she is leading when going through change. And this can produce a lot of pressure and stress on the leader But there are tools that we can employ to help us successfully navigate that change. And here helping us unpack today's Transformational Truth is a specialist in church growth and leadership development, Maury Davis. Maury, welcome to Transformational Truths. We're really, really honored to have you
1: on today. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be with you, Pastor, and to share with the people that watch you and follow you and that you're impacting their lives.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. I've been excited, Uh, looking forward to today's interview. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the first question. Um, Maura, you've helped countless pastors and leaders navigate the many challenges of leading through change. Uh, Oftentimes leaders know exactly what needs to be done. In my experience, they they often know what needs to be done, but they hesitate because they know there will be significant pushback and there will be challenges that come from those they lead. Can you talk to us for a minute about what is at stake if we avoid the needed change or if we just k- kind of kick the can down the road and and, and sort of wait for an easier time?
1: <laughs> well, that is a, a loaded question. That is a question that is pregnant with uh, possibilities as well as pain points. Uh, we've all watched our government not deal with the crisis of social security. They just keep kicking it down the road. We've watched denominations being willing to confront uh, death within the denomination by unchanging traditions and paradigms mm. and we have watched churches that used to be thriving still doing what they were doing when it was thriving and yet it's dying uh change is what you're going to do understanding transition is what's happening in the hearts and the minds of the people that are being led into change and if you can understand the power of process Versus the power of change, uh, you can do that. If I was going to talk to you about reaching your potential today, I'm, I'm, I'm actually working on a whole other set of lessons. But So it's kind of where my headspace is. I would say everybody wants to reach their potential, and most people say, I'm reaching my potential. You can't reach your potential if you don't develop your capacity. Mm. So you have to focus on capacity. And capacity includes your emotional health. Your your brain can be a doctorate, but if your heart is damaged at 15 years old and it's still got a 15-year-old sensitivity level, you know, you're not living with scars, you're living with bleeding wounds. People that are wounded are bleeding out. And so their head could get there, but their emotions can't. So their capacity is not limited by their intellect. Their capacity is limited by their emotional health. So that's a whole other subject, but it's the same paradigm. This is the change that needs to be made. Almost all of us know what it needs to be. And it's going to be painful. Um, you know, we got to change worship leaders. Wow. Everybody in church loves Fred. Uh, we've got to change uh, service times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We we got to change uh, the women's ministry president.
0: Mm.
1: How about we got to change pastors?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It's time for the the old bull to be put out to pasture. I mean, it's time to go and and leading personal change is as painful as leading people in change, right? Change is painful. And so leaders have to be convictional about the change. So the year 2010 comes around and our church has gone from when I got here in 1991, a little church on a gravel parking lot, one of the just old run down, going broke church, being repossessed by the bank. And now we're a church with about, uh, we hadn't built the new building yet. So probably $40 million, $38 million. We, we ended up building a $70 million children's ministry connect area and, and three children's sanctuaries because children's ministry is the change in the future. It's no longer the preacher in the pulpit. That is number one draw. It's right. no longer the worship team. Uh, there's the, you know, community, hospitality, children's ministry exceed those, which is change. And we didn't lead it. It just happened. Right. And culture shift. And so, um, I had a guy come in and and they said, Hey, you know, your church is aging exponentially. We did, you know, an assessment. And I think I recommend every church do an assessment at least once every five years of an outside consultant that helps you analyze every structure in the church. You need to bring fresh eyes in and say, How, where are we? Because Mm -hmm. if you're in it, you can't see where you need to be. Change that I led through process produced the intended result. The change that I led through conviction, but no process. Produced lasting damage. Wow. And so that would be something I would say to people. Uh, and the process takes a lot more work. It takes meeting after meeting after meeting. It takes not saying, well, I know what God said, and they just need to follow me. You can say that to yourself, but you're going to lose people unnecessarily. Right. And the business model, is easier to keep a customer than get one. Mm. And so it requires a lot more pastoral care.
0: Uh, that's so good. Wow, that is so rich. You just gave us um, an education in transition and and um, and leading through change. That's incredible. That's and by the way, that was just the first question. <laughs> um, I've got. Uh, let me follow up with this question, Maury. Um, one of the biggest obstacles uh, I think that can be painful for leaders to navigate is that reality that they're you know they're going to lead through change and and they might lose people. Um, mm-hmm. And you just answered some of that. Um, and people it's usually people they care about it's they're they're going to walk away. you know there's going to be emotional charge moments, um challenges for pastors and leaders, you know, because leaders and pastors, especially in ministry, we care about people, and so making the needed change even even if they take the steps and they have the meetings, it's possible that some people just they're just never going to get on board. They just don't like the direction. What advice would you offer for leaders who wrestle with that reality?
1: And, and, you know, if, even if you do it right, you're going to lose somebody. Yeah. Change is painful. Uh, change costs. Uh, it's just part of the, the DNA of change. Uh, and you have to be okay with it if you've done everything you need to do as a leader. I have loved them. I have led them. I didn't dictate to them. Right. And then some of them don't make it. Right. Uh, it's okay. And you have to look at the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus had a whole crowd, thousands of people, but he needed to make a statement that was controversial. And he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're numbing. And the people thought, that's cannibalism. We're out of here. We're gone. Right. Well, he turned around and looked at the disciples that were left. He didn't say, please don't leave me.
0: Mm.
1: Are y'all okay? He said, really, in plain language, you want to go with him? In other words, make a decision. Uh. On the day of his ascension, he's been buried, resurrected, and now he's going to go up, 500 people are gathered, and Jesus ascends, and the angels, you know, wait in Jerusalem for the promise. The same Jesus is going to come back the same way. Only 120 people, 380 people didn't follow him into the next change of giving birth to the church, from his personal presence to his purpose, Hmm. which was to give birth to the church. Right. When he said it is finished, it wasn't finished. It was just starting. His part was finished.
0: We Mm -hmm. still have
1: stuff to do. And most people don't understand that. Am I finished in this season of life? Okay, I'm finished. Well, everything's not done. It doesn't matter. My part's finished. Now it's the next generation's next pastor, whatever the case may be. I just need to do my part.
0: Hmm. I'm
1: not God. I'm not doing everything. I'm doing my part. Right. Anyway, now I'm thinking you're standing in a crowd. Jesus has come back from the dead. And he ascends in the clouds. An angel speaks to you from heaven. And almost four out of ten, four out, four out of five people don't follow the instructions. Wow. If Jesus couldn't get four out of five to follow him into the next season, we mm-hmm. need to understand not being Jesus. Everybody's not going to make the journey with us. And it has nothing to do with our leadership. The first part I told you was make sure your leadership is right. The second part is I understand you can do right leadership and still not have the result in somebody's life that you wished you had. Right. Jesus took a trip for three and a half years with 12 guys and pouring his life in it 24 7 together, watching miracles, walking on water, bread being broken, feeding multitudes. Mm. Jesus loving people like the Samaritan woman or lepers or all the stuff Jesus did. They said, man, I'm different. Anybody's ever walked. I love everybody. He lost Judas, one out of 12 of disciples, the highest level leaders in Mm. his ministry. He lost one out of 12 about every three and a half years. Wow. A lot of us get upset when we lose a few people in our numbers, but we get hurt when there are people, we have buried their mothers, we buried their fathers, we uh, dedicated their children, but then we married their children and, and dedicated their grandchildren, baptized their family. And they say something like, my season here is over, hmm. which to me is one of the most ungodly statements Christians make today. You know, the Bible says a tree that's planted bears fruit in every, every season. season. Seasons are not an indication that you need to leave your assignment right they're an indication that it just is a drought it's just a little dry right now right hang on the rain will come right well it's flooding here well hang on there'll be a drought and somewhere in between the water will be at the right level for you to be happy but if you uproot yourself you're never going to bear the kind of fruit you would if you would plant yourself
2: Mm.
1: now the lord may lead somebody to go but it's not a season it's a leading right the spirit may lead you Uh, so, you know, when, when we've started churches in our church, I've left the pastor that I've started churches with, ask people that want to go with them, start meeting them in a Sunday school room. And the question is not, is your season here over? It's, are you led to go start this church? We're going to bless that. Right. Well, you know, we're just not happy with the new music. That's not how God leads you. Right. So, so losing people is part of change and it's always the cost. It's how you lead change. And if you know, I let it right. I loved them. I led them. I processed them. They made a decision to not go with me to the upper room. You can still have a good experience in the upper room all by yourself.
0: Hmm. Wow. 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 So rich. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Maura Davis is dropping his own transformational truths today on transformational truths. This is gold. Um, we're getting an education today in leading through change. Um, You've already done a little bit of this, Maury, but, but maybe you've got one or two more pieces of advice or wisdom that, that would help a leader right now who's facing change. they have got to lead through, through some change, just practically. Now, you did on the top end of this interview, some of this, it was golden. But is, is there anything else that you would say, hey, if you're leading through change, there's a couple of things that you need to keep in mind as you navigate?
1: Yeah. As you're moving through change, the number one person to focus on is you. Hmm. Uh, You have to focus on yourself. You know, Paul said, those things I want to do, I don't do. Those things I don't want to do, I do. He did something most leaders don't do. I call it transparent introspection. Hmm. As a leader, I'm going to let you take the journey with me by watching me take the journey with me. Hmm. I just uh, My brand new book, Hindsight 2020, uh, has a list of the 10 things I got wrong, 7 things I got right. And uh, I went through those things of um, micromanagement. Didn't continue my education. Didn't honor people correctly. And I had and I had all the pastors that worked me come for this roundtable. They said you got to write a book out of it in 2018. Just came out. Wow. And and so you know I'm going through the book, and then Martine, who's connected to S- Sam Chan, said you got to come down here and shoot videos, masterclasses, go with this book. Well, as I'm going through the study, I've identified what I did wrong, how it affected uh, the music pastor, how it affected the marketing guy, uh, uh, you know, how I didn't develop my, my disciplines and study by staying in school. Uh, and I got connected, just limited to my pool of who was influencing me. And even though I had a great leader that had built a mega church, once my church got bigger than his, the reason that kept a lid is I hadn't kept myself growing and changed my disciplines of thought process. Um, and so you go through the process of why did I do what I did? Because I've never intended to hurt staff members. I've never Mm. intended to discourage staff members. I've never intended, you know, we all want to develop our staff, but what I was doing was hurting them. And so as I'm going through introspection, I discovered that I had shadow motives in my life. Mm. And the, and you remember when the, uh, the Psalmist said, Lord, search me and try me, you know what you're really saying? I've done my best, but I need something deeper than me. Uh, and he invited the Holy Spirit into his life. And as I went through Dr. Sam Chan's consulting and Dream or coaching with uh, his wife, uh, Brenda, and, and that team there, and it was developing different thoughts and going through exercises, I began to introspect. And I discovered what I call shadow motives. They're motives that affect you that you don't know are affected you. They live in your subconscious. Wow. And because I went to prison at 18 years of age, didn't get to go to Bible college, did online correspondence with the Assemblies of God. I think in every room I walk in, it's Dr. Chan, Dr. Bowen, Dr. this, Dr. that. By the way, here's Maury. And I think the subconscious motive was i lived every day to prove I was bigger than my shame and my guilt. Wow. When you're a proving leader, you hurt people in the process. Doesn't mean you can't do something miraculous. You know, Cornerstone is a miraculous church, but. You hurt the staff on the way. When you're a visionary leader, I have seen the vision, and I'm running the race. Come on, guys! We're vision led. We're achievement led, not not proving. I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm trying to get something done. God called us to do. You bring people with you at another level. And so I would say, before you lead change in anything or anybody else, what do you need to change in your life? And do you have shadow motives?
0: Wow! Wow! That is so rich. My goodness. Um, so this is going to be one of those podcasts I can tell already that people are going to need to keep really close by and listen to a few times. Uh, there's so much to talk about. Um, for more, for the leader um, who's listening that, yes. knows, that knows he or she needs to, to make some important changes but is wrestling with the fear of that pushback they're sure to encounter, what encouragement would you offer them today that's going to help them? to lead courageously
1: <laughs> oh encouragement you know that's that's uh that's probably off my gifting chart no not really <laughs> uh you know i'd rather just tell them the truth and you figure out how to get yourself encouraged you know david encouraged himself in the lord i don't know why everybody can't do that but let me give you a, a, the challenge is to maintain your confidence okay. It's to be a, a leader of confidence remember the bible says don't cast away your confidence because in the end it has great reward And uh, I was listening to a podcast, a webinar at at Zoom at the beginning of the pandemic. And I don't remember which one it was, but Dr. Admiral Clark, uh, General uh, Admiral, Admiral Clark, uh, was on the Joint Chiefs of Staff during 9-11. And somebody asked him, what are the main things you help people give as a leader in the middle of a crisis that gets them through it? He said, there are three things. Number one, you need to know who your God is.
0: Hmm.
1: Remember what God said to Joshua? And the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, I'm going through a COVID. I'm going through a pandemic. I'm going through the death of a loved one. I'm going through a church rebellion. I'm going through crazy board members. I'm going through uh, an emotional moment in life. I don't even know why my emotions this way. Remember who your God is. And number two, you need to remember what you believe. Mm. You know, when the Bible says, study to show yourself approved, it's critical that you have the word of God in you so that in moments where the waves are crashing over you, you stand. That's so, that confidence has got to be critical. And, it, and you have to remember the reason to know who your God is. Remember when Peter was sinking in the water?
3: Yep.
1: None of the disciples tried to help him. Right. He's just out there sinking. Only right. Jesus helped him. Mm. And uh, uh, there are people that want to love you, there, but they don't know how to help you because what's going on in you is so deep they can't identify what the issue is. Mm who your God is, what you believe, and third is where you're going. Hmm. I started traveling last May, and I'm an executive platinum traveler with American, and I'm still a diamond medallion with Delta. I mean, I've been on airplanes. I've been in churches. I didn't practice social distancing. My wife got COVID. She tried to kill me. You know how women are. And uh, (laughs) and my son-in-law, who's the number one COVID doctor here in Nashville, was telling me, he said, "Um, I don't know how you don't get COVID. You know, I've been tested. I, you know, I was in the Tampa thing with Tony Stewart. And every tear is full. Nobody's wearing masks. No social distancing. I just did a book sales at Cornerstone. I uh, preached there February 21st. Sold 600 books. People coming up in a little table talking to each other. Hugs, kisses.
0: Right, and, right.
1: You know, but I'm 65 years of age. If I stay home and protect myself from the invisible COVID virus and I live another year and die and didn't do anything, mm. is it going to matter? A hundred years from now, I'm not going to care how much longer I live. I'm going to care how I lived, however much longer it is.
0: Wow. Wow. I'm on
1: my way to heaven. Now, I settled that when I was 18 years of age because the crime I committed, I didn't know if they were going to electrocute me. I don't know what they were going to do. And for your audience that's going to go Google me, everything you read on Google is not true. (laughs) <laughs> you know, just just so you know, there's some stuff out there. I read it, my wife says, that's not what happened. I said, I'm not going to tell them I committed a nicer crime than that. I'm not having that fight. It, right, you know, right, right. Yeah, you know how social media trolls yeah, are. Yeah, anyway, no, I get it. I get it. And so, uh, but I know where I'm going. And I realized you can't get to glory without getting in the box. You need mm-hmm. to stop running from the box. Wow. You need to run your race and the box will take care of itself. Wow. the absolute body to praise the lord the second thing i realized is to maintain that confidence you cannot be isolated hmm. we need each other you need the right people in your life when joshua crossed over into the jordan there were three groups of people he took with him people that carried the ark people that blew the trumpet and people that knew how to use the sword hmm. so god said well who are the people care the they're the people that create the presence of god in your presence you and I, everybody on here that goes to church and is in the Christian community knows that there are people that when you talk to them, you think, man, I want to love God like that. I want to I want to be able to read the Bible and get that kind of insight in. I want to have that guy's prayer life or that gal's prayer life. I want to have that kind of worship. I just want worship to be part of my life. But when you talk to them, regardless of what's going on, their presence produces peace in your storm. Mm. We need people of God's presence in our life. You need people to blow the trumpet. They're people that sound the alarm, and it's really people of discernment. It, they know the times. It's now time to fight. It's now time to pray. It's time not to worry about that. They know the times. It's time to celebrate. It's time to take a break. Hey, it's time to press in. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, you need mm. people of discernment that can tell you, hey, now's the time. And the third group of people are people that are skilled with the sword. There's not a lot of people anymore that have truly read the Bible and assimilated the deep spiritual truths. There are a lot of guys that can write sermons, hmm. and they're great communicators because we're learning how to communicate at another level through practice, rehearsal of the sermon. You know, right,
0: right, uh, right, and, and
1: that's okay. Ain't no reason to be preaching a bad sermon. Hey, don't right. nobody want to hear a bad sermon. But just uh, you know, loving the the Bible, and I, I share a story that you know when I read the Bible because I wasn't didn't get to go to Bible college. Uh, I read it from – I studied the Bible for eight and a half years in prison with no theological history. Mm -hmm. No, I'd never heard a sermon, never walked to the doors of a church. And the first sermon I ever heard is my pastor gave me a Bible after I got saved in the Dallas County Jail and said, read this book and do what it says. That's the greatest sermon I ever heard. What would Uh happen if everybody just read the book and do what it says? The world be one. Cope would not lead the world in evangelizing the world. The church would. And, uh, you know, but when I read Jonah and, and I heard preachers preaching about Jonah, about and God said, Jonah, how far will you run? Well, I just read it with my imagination of God just asking Jonah a question. Uh, hey, buddy, which end of this fish do you want to come out of? And and it's just an entertaining book for me because I let my mind be creative and I ask questions that traumatize church people, and, and it's okay. I think the Bible is a traumatic book. If you're trying to make it something it's not, which is a revealing of the grace of God, and the curse of sin on mankind and how depraved man really, when you really read it, it's like, did he really do that? David, mm. did you really do that? Abraham, did you really look at your wife and say, tell him you're my sister? I mean, when you really read that, it's like, dude, my wife right. slaps out of me if I said something like right, that. Right, right. Um, so you, confidence comes from being with the right people, reading the right word. And if you want to know how easy it is to lose confidence, look at John the Baptist john the baptist said this is he he heard the voice of god the spirit comes down at jesus baptism but when he got isolated enough in prison something happened in him from isolation and he sent word to jesus and said are you the one it's Mm -hmm. one of the most revealing manifestations of the battle between the spirit and the flesh and all of the bible is that john the baptist could ever doubt Who Jesus was. And he did it because he was incarcerated and didn't have the needed people in his life to help him maintain his confidence. Mm. And so it's important that we build connection and relationship and we really watch our friends and our loved ones and make sure that we're speaking the right words into the situation, especially in circumstances. And so my word to your friends would be walk in the confidence that your calling requires to make the changes you need mm. to make.
0: <laughs> wow. Incredible. Um, recapping today's transformational truth, when comfort becomes king, change becomes an enemy to be avoided. My goodness, this was um, rich. Uh, the 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 nutrition of wisdom was dense in this. It was incredible, Maury. Thank you. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, MauryDavis.com. If they want the book, they can text my name, M A U R Y, to 33777, and uh, they will pay shipping and handling. Uh, there, there will be an upscale ask. Uh, there's a workbook that goes with it for you not just to hear my story, but if you discover your shadow motives, which are more critical than most people realize, and as well as the master tapes, which allows mm. me to, much like this, start talking to you directly and answering your questions. Mm. And so, but if they would just, uh, Text 337, text my name, Maury, M-A-U-R-Y, to 33777. Uh, The avail people will send them the book uh, for the cost of shipping.
0: That's fantastic. If you'd like to connect with Maury, please check out the links that we've included in the show notes. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go to Apple iTunes, rate the show, write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and leadership. Maury, thank you so much for being with us today on Transformational Truths.
1: Pastor, it was one of the honors of my life. Thank you very much.